0: Our vision is clear, our mission is clear. We wanna know where we're headed, why we exist, we exist to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere, anytime, with anybody. That's why we do what we do. If you're in the store and somebody says, you go to one of them Brentwood campuses, what are you all about? I hope you'll respond. We exist to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere, anytime, with anybody. That's our mission. Our vision is within three, four, five years from now be able to say that as a result of all of our members, we've had hundreds of thousands of gospel conversations with the lost and searching across Middle Tennessee. I want to equip you to have gospel conversations with the lost and searching that he's put in your life. We wanna be able to say that we've been a part of helping, starting, merging with, planting 100 healthy congregations throughout Middle Tennessee. And if you're a member of any one of our campuses, you will no longer be a pew sitter. That's not gonna cut it anymore. We're gonna ask you to be a disciple of Jesus who makes more disciples of Jesus. We want every member to be a disciple of Jesus who makes another disciple of Jesus who makes another disciple of Jesus. What does a disciple who makes a disciple look like? Very simple. You're having gospel conversations, you're involved in a life-giving biblical community called a group, and you're involved on mission, whether locally or internationally or both, or in the local church a disciple who makes another disciple having gospel conversations involved in life-giving, biblical, missional groups and is going locally and or internationally. So where are we headed, pastor? That's it. If that, if that excites you, you're gonna be very excited in the future. If that cranks your tractor, your tractor's gonna be cranked in the coming weeks and months and years. If this scares you and says, that's gonna challenge me a little bit, that's good. If you don't like this, you're probably not gonna be happy here. This is where we're going. This is who we are becoming. And this is what we're going to be about. That is our mission. That is our vision. That's where we are going. Now, where are we now? <laughs> where are we? I want, there's so much that could be said, but I want to put it in three buckets, okay? I want to talk about where we are in three different categories. One, the fact that we're in a season of transition, which I believe is good. Two, the city of Franklin. And three, I'm going to use the word deceived, and I'll explain each of these in turn where we are now one we're in a season of transition fall of 2019 means we have been together five years yay by we've been together I mean the church at West Franklin and West Franklin Baptist merged five years ago and we're still together that's huge and should be celebrated. I don't know if you've done much research on mergers. They're hard, and not many churches make it. A lot of churches don't make it when they try to merge because the ones that were here before get in a wad over those who come in, and those who come in get in a wad over those who were here before, and believe it or not, church people fight. I know that's a shocker. But mergers a lot of times don't make it But here we are, five years later, and I think we're gonna stay married. We're gonna get along with each other. Yeah. I think we're I think we're gonna be careful when you clap, because I'm about to do some preaching. (laughs) But that's a good thing. When Katie and I had been married five years, we thought, you know what? We need to have kids. That'll help. (laughs) That was nuts. My point is, though, when we we've been married five years, we thought, you know what, we needed to kick it up a notch. And I'm, I am more excited about being pastor of the church of West Franklin today than I've ever been. Because I believe these first five years of us getting to know each other has put us in a perfect spot to see incredible gospel growth in the next five to 10 years. Not church people growth. We're just swapping sheep a lot of times. Gospel growth. Did you know that God has sent us over the last several years leaders, lay leaders who have been leaders in other churches, and they've moved to Franklin, and God has moved them here with a vision to want to think outside the box to reach our city? There are three groups right now, not meeting on this campus, that are led by people over 50 that are intentionally ministering to the lost and searching in their neighborhoods. God is sending them here. We're in an, an incredible time of transition. Year five, we're freaking each other out. It's time to move and kick it up a notch. I believe we are serve, I I get to serve with what I believe the most robust staff I've ever served with in my life. Our staff that God has sent us is ready to equip you to go to the next level. And I'm thrilled. And I believe it's time we've learned each other we figured each other out we still have some figuring to do but it's time to say you know what let's be the church let's be the church transition Franklin oh how I love Franklin love this town I don't want to even call it a city I just want to call it awesome I love the city of Franklin, but it's not what we thought it would be. You say, What do you mean? It's awesome. Here's what I mean. When I announced to First Baptist Church, El Dorado, Arkansas, over five years ago, that I was leaving there to come here, I'll never forget someone, one of the leaders in the church, came up to me tongue in cheek and said, Going to where all the lost people are, are you? He said it as a joke because this is known, Nashville is known as the buckle of the Bible Belt. And Nashville, in particular, is known as the Southern Baptist buckle of the Bible Belt. This has been known as the mecca for Southern Baptist. And so he said it kind of joking, and I thought, you know, he's probably right. But I've come here now, and you know what I'm learning? It's not that way anymore. Oh, people are moving here, people are coming here, but guess what? They're not looking for a church. Word has gotten out of how awesome Franklin is, and I'm glad, I like it and I agree. Well, I'm not glad, it takes so long to get through Chick-fil-A. Pray for me about that. I am glad, but they're not looking for a church. Last month we had you fill out a survey, a church-wide survey. 117 of you filled it out, which is really good, because for us that's about 25, 27% of you. A little over a quarter of you filled out the survey. And I thank you for doing that. Out of 117 of you that filled out the survey, 12 states were represented. 12! (laughs) And not just from southern states, some of them weird states, like up north or out west. That's just weird. And they're moving here. And I believe that's a small picture of people that are moving to Franklin. Have you ever driven down Columbia on Saturday morning? Have you ever noticed the stickers for the college teams that people are pulling for? One, there's way too many Alabama fans, that's for sure. We can all agree on that. But two, they're from all over, like even those Big Ten teams and all that stuff like that. Even the Mountain West team, they're from everywhere. Why? Because they used to live there and now they're coming here. But they're not looking for a church. And get this, they're especially not looking for a Southern Baptist church. You know why? Because they've been watching the news and the only perspective they have of Southern Baptist is what they see from Fox News or CNN or NBC. And it ain't pretty. Because they get the biggest idiot and put them in front of the TV and said, from the Southern Baptist Convention. And that's what they think of us. You say, well, what does this mean? That means we've got to change our approach. Used to, if you build it, they will come. That ain't working anymore. I wished it worked that way. That's the way I was trained at seminary. That's the way I learned it. That's how you did church in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. But that ain't working anymore we've got to change our approach they're coming they just ain't coming here Franklin is awesome but it ain't what we thought it would be and then there's a third bucket transition Franklin where we are I'm using the word deceived I don't like that word but it's a little less crass than saying we're fooling ourselves and I think I need to sit down for this one As I just said, we took the survey, you took the survey, and I believe it was a great representation of our campus. There were some questions that were asked that got me really excited, had me beaming. For instance, one question was, do you know and understand how to have a gospel conversation? 99% of you said yes. Do you know and understand how to be a disciple who makes another disciple? 99% of you said yes. How often do you share your faith? 75% of you said either sometimes or regularly. Does your life group, is it involved in local missions? Most of you said yes. Does your life group encourage and equip you for gospel conversations? Most of you said yes. Does your life group encourage and equip you for disciples making disciples? Most of you said yes. And I'm reading this and I'm like, what a pastor I am. (laughs) Just beaming. Lord, it's hard to be humble. And then I read this question. What's your biggest obstacle to sharing your faith? And I thought, I know the answer. It's gonna be fear time. Don't know how. But you know what the overwhelming majority answer was? Don't know any non-Christians. What? You just told me you know how to have gospel conversations. You just told me that your life group encourages you and equips you to do it. You just told me that you're involved in local missions. How can this be? We must be fooling ourselves. Church, I don't believe it's possible to follow Jesus if you don't know any non-Christians. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. He said, yeah, I've given you one thing to do. Go make disciples of all nations. Or Luke's version is go be, be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, uh, and to the ends of the earth. And, and yet, all these answers that were given are great answers. But then, why are we sharing? We don't know any non-Christians. It bothers me. and i fear we're having gospel conversations with each other other people that know jesus and calling it a gospel conversation or or we say we're having we're, we're disciples who are making more disciples but we're just meeting together all the time to give each other more bible knowledge or we're involved in local missions but we're not we're not we're not doing it to share jesus we're doing it to make them more comfortable on their way to hell Let's give them some more food. Let's give them some more clothes as they slide into hell. What's the point of knowing how to have a gospel conversation if you don't have a lost friend? I wonder if so many of you are so involved in about 20 Bible studies during the week that you don't have time because you're around your Christian friends all the time if you're not engaging the lost I don't believe you're following Jesus so I thought I thought this is wrong surely surely we know so I had my administrative assistant, Lindsay. I said, Lindsay, would you pull up the baptisms for the past, uh, uh, start in gen- January of 2018. And I, from, from now until January 2018, pull out all the people that have been, have been baptized here in the last 18, 19, 20 months. And so she did, and she sent me the list. And there was 25 names, wonderful names, love them. Some of you are in here. Incredible stories, wouldn't change anything about them. But there were, <coughs> excuse me, there were 25 names on there. And there was a glaring omission Maybe two, and this is a stretch to call it these two, were baptized because one of us went outside these walls or outside our home to tell somebody about Jesus. In other words, the vast majority whom we've dunked, which I wouldn't change a thing, love it. I want more of it. The vast majority of those we've baptized are homegrown. Do we believe there's power in the gospel? I feel like we're like the quarterback who prepares all week long, learns the plays, practices the throws, gets all ready for the game, but when the game's being played, he's just sitting up in the stands. There's something weird about that picture, isn't it? He ain't supposed to be up there, he's supposed to be on the field. And this is what I feel like when I read answers about gospel conversations and disciples making disciples. You've got the knowledge, but we're just sitting up in the stands while the game's being played. Not anymore. Not anymore, church. It can't be. So that's where we are. And I've told you where we're going. How do we get from where we are to where we're headed as a church? How do we get there? Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways, and we could talk about this for hours upon hours upon hours. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna give you one primary challenge as I close. How do we get from where we are to where we're going? I want every single person in this congregation, every single church member to ask this two-word question, and I want you to wear it out. Here's the question. What if? It is time for us to ask what if i'm tired of the what was question well that ain't the way we used to do it don't work no more well it used to be back when i started no okay that's great that's wonderful it ain't working anymore we're not living in 1986 we've got to start asking what if what if Every one of you took ownership for having a gospel conversation with the lost and searching friend or neighbor or coworker. What if every one of you took ownership and said, today I'm going to begin to pray and say, God, how can I be a disciple of Jesus who makes another disciple of Jesus? What if? what if you went to the church staff and you didn't expect the church staff to do it for you but you came up to the church staff and said would you help equip me in how to do this and they get you gave the church staff an idea and said what if we did this and the church staff said why not what if before you talked yourself out of it you said you know what I'm going to do this why not what if God is in it What if you looked across your neighborhood? What if you stayed home one Sunday at church? I give you permission to do it. If you'll do this, what if you stay home one Sunday from church and ask yourself, what's everybody doing while I'm sitting in church? You know what they're doing? Their main concern is to have brunch and to get get Lucy down the street so she can do her business before she does it in the house. They're walking their dog and they're enjoying brunch. Brunch. And what if you had a burden for those people and said, they're not coming to church, but they'd come to my house for brunch. What if you became the pastor of your neighborhood? What if you came to me and said, Matt, they're not coming here, but they're coming to my house. I'm opening the door for them, and they're coming. Will you teach me how to lead? And I'll say, God's put you there to be a pastor, pal. I'm going to teach you how to be a pastor. What if every neighborhood in represented in this room had a group in his or her neighborhood? What if you opened the front door of your house and could walk to a group or you could do life-giving, biblical, missional community? What if What if we went to some of the local businesses and said, we have a prayer time every Sunday. We want to pray for you one Sunday. Can you and some of your people come? We're going to pray over you, and you can even tell us about what you do. But we want to pray over you because we love you. What if we got together and started to brainstorm? You know, there's festivals in Franklin. There's parades in Franklin. There's pilgrim festivals here in Franklin. I talk for a living. What do you do? What if we begin to brainstorm? How can we be a light in these areas? Have you ever been to the soccer fields on downs on Saturday or Sunday? There's eight gazillion people there. And they get there early, they take their tents, they take their chairs, they take their water buckets that are about this big with a straw hanging out of it, and they watch their kids. What if we begin to ask on Saturday and Sunday, how can we be a light there? And to let them know that we are here for them. What if, what if some of you said, you know what, people are moving to my neighborhood left and right. God's, God's convicted me to put together a care package for those who are moving in the neighborhood, and I want to love them in Jesus' name. What if you went up to Williamson County and said, hey, how can I know who's who's having babies and I can put together a care package for new mommies and help them know how to how to love their baby and I can just be a, be a tool for them. What if some of you who just buried a parent of dementia or Alzheimer's said, you know what, God's burdened me for others who are finding out their parents are getting Alzheimer's or dementia and I want to love them in Jesus' name and you offered to counsel them in these ways. What if we started sending out our best people to Planet Church in Lewisburg or Columbia or Fairview? What if... You say, what's the future going to look like, Pastor? I don't know. I've never been here before. But I know God's not up in heaven saying, whoop, didn't see that coming. I know he's saying, I've put you here for such a time as this. What if you trusted me with your life for once? Church of West Franklin, if we don't start asking what if, people are going to drive by here and say that's the church that what was we are the third church that's gathered here on this campus first two didn't make it well we if we don't ask what what if I shudder to think What if six months from now, you baptize someone you led to Christ in this pool behind me? And what if that person you led to Christ has no family members who know Jesus, no friends who know Jesus, and a year down the road, they have led someone to Jesus because you discipled them in how to do it. And they said, listen, I want to get baptized at your church, but nobody of my friends will come. Can we do it in your pool? And you invite the church to come to the pool. And he he baptizes the person he led to Christ. I think Pastor Mike's right. He's wrong about this. I ain't letting you preach. I'm preaching. But I think he's right. We're not going to see gospel transformation so much happen in this room. This is going to be a room of celebration. We're going to see it happen in your home and in your cubicle, and in your workplace. The gospel has power, and I believe God has said, it's time. What if we said goodbye to what was, and said, you know what, it's time to be real, and join Jesus in what he's doing here in the city of Franklin. Jesus, please help us wear out the question, what if. Equip us, teach us, lead us give us an imagination give us creativity some things won't work some things will work may we constantly be asking what if and may you empower us and when we feel weak may we know that's exactly where we're supposed to be because it's in your power it's in your strength and for your glory it's in the name of jesus christ i pray amen